dignity. There you have it. <laughs> nope. I don't. Well, I have none left. Okay. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, on, honey, it's a very yeah. tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and uh, I worship an unconventional deity, months. the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Greetings, greetings. It is the David Allen Show. Uh, back again after a unfortunate, uh, unannounced week off. Are we I think. on? We're on. Are we live? I'm on. Am I live? I think we're live to tape is what we call that. Okay. Direct oh. live to tape. Oh. <laughs> hey, and and uh, we have a breather with us in studio tonight. Some homeless guy. <laughs> Some crazy. Uh, we have Jay back. Um, Jay back. Not, not a Jay Bird. Jay back. <laughs> Jay back. Jay hey. back. Uh, but so, kind of a treat. Stop by today. We got. Oh, the I mean, treat since, is since mine. Since we have you okay. know, two, two weeks worth of, worth of. Uh, Worth of content. We figured we'd bring people that are well versed in the in the happenings of today. So but Jay, they Jay weren't available. Would you right. like me to go so. on the street and find a well versed yeah, person? No, yeah, they weren't available. So, <laughs> so we do what we can. Yeah, I found this just to kind of start off on a light a light note. I thought this was Happy? a soup kitchen. <laughs> After the show, then you can eat. <laughs> that's, that's your your penance. Um, th this cracked me up. All that's going on there. Now, Donna, you got quite the vent today. It sounds like what's going on with you. Well, I wanted to voice my opinion on something that's been bothering me for a really long time. Okay. Um, okay. I, I tried writing the newspaper and contacting uh, TV stations, but nobody <laughs> seems to want to play with this. This was so a caller to a radio calling station. You guys. Oh, okay, what's, the, um, what's the issue? Well, <clears throat> over the past few years, I've been involved in three separate car accidents involving deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the population and everything. Um, each of these incidents, they've occurred shortly after I saw a deer crossing sign on the highway. Well, my frustration is that Minnesota and North Dakota Department of Transportation would allow <laughs> these deer crossings to be in such high traffic areas. <laughs> I mean, I've even seen them on the interstate. Why are we mm -hmm. encouraging deer to cross? the interstate i don't get <laughs> Thank it thank you it's a high traffic area i mean you, you know, i understand that deer are wild animals and they need to travel across the streets occasionally to survive and you know of course to find food but um it seems to me that so <laughs> irresponsible of us to allow these can't deer crossings real. to be in areas where these know, deer are so likely be, to be no way traffic <laughs> i mean wouldn't you agree Um, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's not real. You think they would put their oh, crossings maybe, you know, in, you know, smaller towns, maybe during a, like at a, at a school crossing, that's, would, it would be a safer place for them to, to cross, Wait. you know, put the deer crossing sign. <laughs> you know, deer crossings aren't telling deer that it's safe to cross there. It's just more <laughs> of like an alert for drivers. So they know it's like a high deer population. The government put the deer crossings there. They can direct the deer population anywhere they want to by moving that deer crossing sign. I mean, you know, why in the world would they place it on the highway or the interstate 
<clears throat> you know? I mean, God, there are so many other places I can think of than the deer crossing signs on, on busy highways right. and interstates. You seem to be under the misunderstanding that the deer are somehow attracted to the deer crossing sign. Well, well, yeah, the deer crossing sign is there to allow the deer to know that's where they need to cross. Right. And all these car accidents you had involved a deer after you'd saw a deer crossing sign. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm trying to watch out for the deer, but I mean, I'm, you know, speed limit's 55, 65. How am I supposed to, you know, you can't break really quick if you, you know, if the deer is crossing in that deer crossing area. So you'd like to see these signs move somewhere safer? <laughs> right. If we, yeah, if we can move them. The like, part. don't put deer crossing signs on the interstate or, or freeways. You know, put them in uh, lower traffic areas. You know, somewhere where the speed limit's, you know, a lot slower. Uh-huh. You know, maybe small towns. I don't know. Small I think towns. school crossings is a good idea. Well, <laughs> so what, what I find interesting about that, yeah, is okay. Really, not. I don't know. It just it was hilarious. Um, the this idea that the lady says whether she's put on or whatever that the government can put this wherever wherever they want <laughs> is this not the problem a bigger yeah. issue that we have this idea that and whether it's real or not they're at least perpetuating this idea that government actually can control deer that it has a whole lot more power <laughs> right. than it actually does exactly <clears throat> i think it's <laughs> I, I i would love to just do that on a regular basis. That would be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. There's a, uh, I don't remember the radio show years ago, but they would do prank calls on behalf of somebody else. It's common shtick. But anyway, so this, uh, this dad put the radio show up to calling his daughter. So the daughter actually took her car to a mechanic intentionally. Oh, yeah. So the radio talk show host, and, you know, you could find it and Google it pretty easy. But anyway, he's asking things like, you know, well, we noticed that your bumper fluid indicator, and that's going to be like $800, but, you know, you could really get in trouble. Oh, yeah, and she's just agreeing with all of it. Yeah, anyway. Well, and that one, I think, isn't that the one where they put in a second transmission? Yes. In order. So that she could go in reverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your reverse <laughs> transmission's broken, and, and that'd be fine if you just, you know, always park on the street so you don't plan to go in reverse, but, you know, sometimes you might have to go in reverse. <clears throat> yep, yep, that's the one. That's the one. I thought it was funny that she just uh, continually like, oh, okay, that's $2,000. Okay. And then she'd just start to agree, like, that's exactly what was supposed to, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, how'd you like to be the father that put her up for it and, like, can't go to work ever again? It's like, your daughter's kind of an idiot. <laughs> Well, um, she's not an idiot. Nah, no, no, I know, but you know, well, it's still embarrassing. Um, or I guess it would be. <laughs> uh, they didn't do that. Yeah. Well, I know they did it in the mil when I was in the military. They did that sort of thing. Well, we had a we had a thing. <clears throat> uh. I remember I was on my first base. You were in the military? One or two days, I think. Not in the military. I was only there for a couple of days. 
Oh. And they, they told, I drove heavy equipment and, uh, they told me that we had to go like a Humvee or something or like, uh, like how heavy? Deuce and a half, five ton, <laughs> AT forklifts, you know. So anyway, heavy. Okay, sorry. You know, anyway, so they told us that we had to go. I, I went to my duty station at, uh, it was November, and they told me that we had to change the uh, summer air to winter air. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Oh, and the tires? Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't buy it. But uh, I was from I was from Oregon and I was stationed in Indiana and and uh, the guy he went on he's like no 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 I know you guys don't have to do it the West Coast because the temperature stays kind of constant and you know but out here and the pressure and geez if you don't fix it then it really it rots the tie I mean just laid it on thick and I wasn't buying it I'm like there's no way this is real mm-hmm. but coming fresh out of boot camp they work hard at making sure you shut your mouth and you do what you're told. Mm-hmm. So me and this other guy, brand new, we started pulling air out of the tires. And uh, what the supervisor didn't realize is the first vehicle we chose had split rim wheels. And I don't know if you ever remember old split rims, like on Mm-mm. semis or um, I don't know if vehicles still have them today, but on a split rim, what would happen is they compress a ring of metal inside the, uh, in, like just right inside the wheel well, and what holds this compression is the tire air. And if the air in the tire gets too low, this ring uncompresses and comes off. And in order to change the tire legally, you have to change this tire in a steel cage Oh, because so- when it pops off, it will cut a person in half. So we're taking the air out of the tire, and this mechanic comes flying out, and he's just, what are you doing? Anyway, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, of course, but after that, then we got to be the ones that would tell the joke. So we sent a guy out one time <clears throat> to uh, to have contracting write up a corner attachment for the buffer. Uh, and you know, a buffer goes in a circle, so corner attachment doesn't work. We sent him out. We sent, we sent a guy out one time with a bolt, a three inch bolt and told him to go to aircraft maintenance and have him put it in the bolt stretcher because it was supposed to be a four inch bolt. (laughs) Uh, uh, I wasn't here for this particular story, but there was a guy that apparently got sent out and was told to go ask the MPs on the flight line for, uh, uh, he said uh, they told him that he needed to go out and talk to the guard shack and uh, they gave him an empty cable spool and they told him that he had to reel in 50 yards of flight line. Oh, yeah, yeah. So The flight line one, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, you know, uh, so it happens. I, you know, it, it happens, to, happens to them all. I was at the... Um at the range, and one of them told me to go talk to a, a gunny about getting more night vision fluid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that one, too. Yeah. And the thing with, and and I'm like, well, you know, I didn't know. I thought maybe it was something that you put on the sights or something like that. <clears throat> and I got there. Son, you, there's no, yeah, yeah. Oh, Anyways. of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Okay, so I know this isn't on the agenda, 
but I've got to tell this story and I'll, I'll, I'll tell it as, as nicely as I can. Well, thank you. No, no, no. Cause this is, there will be people that were, that will hear this and take very great offense to it. Mm-hmm. And I, this is, it's not me. It's not my story. Uh, I just think it's an interesting perspective. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, so I have a work acquaintance mm-hmm. that, uh, recently traveled to uh um i'll skip the country but recently traveled to a third world country that uh is predominantly black the skin color troy (laughs) outside of the united states oh okay so this person travels to this country and was doing some their personal ministry work and uh, there were other Americans on this trip. Oh, I okay, got it. Uh, so anyway, so they're in this third world country. There's other Americans <clears throat> on this trip, and uh, uh, so apparently there was a black American on this trip uh, with a very thick Southern accent. And I'm not going to attempt to fake the accent because I I can't do it. But uh, David can. Uh, but this, so my work acquaintance is a white guy. He's on a ministry trip with several other people. And this one black guy from the South says, as they're in this third world country, I am sure thankful that some white colonist stole my family years ago and brought us as slaves to America. So I don't have to live here anymore. (laughs) That's, and I'm not trying to, I'm not saying there's anything good about slavery in that form at all. I'm just simply, I had never heard that kind of perspective. You're talking this perspective guy, here? <laughs> this guy was dead serious, and it was a very interesting thought. It was thought-provoking. It was like, well, there's a perspective that mm-hmm. 200 years ago or 300 years ago, his family was brought to this country in a completely violent, violating way, but now he can see the value in his life. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's counted all joy. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't even have gone down that road. I just thought it was an interesting story. Well, if you ask the Jews about 500 years, you know, after uh, they initially were put under slavery in Egypt, they might have the same same viewpoint. Well, what did they tell Moses? I mean, they, they wanted to go back where, the, where they had <clears throat> water and food and... Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's, you know, as long as I'm not the one going through it, it's great. <clears throat> yeah, so we were uh, Sorry, I got pulled away. reminiscing. <clears throat> oh. Reminiscing. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <clears throat> Could you sing that to the tone, to the, to the tune of anticipation? Anticipation. No. No, not, not, don't sing anticipation. That's not what he wants. Reminiscing. Okay. It's making me think. Do you know who Bishop Karen Olivetto is? Mm, nope. Let me guess. Uh, Anglican or Episcopalian. What? Lesbian. Let's see. <clears throat> Married lesbian. Ah! Boom! Consecrated. Bang, bang, bang. Just recently. Episcopalian? 
as the newest bishop in the Western jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church. Oh. This article is entitled Living in the Tension of an Ever-Widening Circle. Quote, you are apostate. You have caused division. You have begun schism. I wish hell for you. You have broken my church. You have voted to secede. You are in open rebellion. You are the spouse that has broken the marriage vows and will not stop. These are just a few things that clergy friends of mine have shared with me directly in the last few weeks after the unanimous election of Bishop Karen Oliveto as the newest bishop in the Western jurisdiction of the UMC. In the midst of the spirit-led celebrations of many of the UM, United Methodist family, I hear the pain of disappointment and betrayal in the words of my colleagues as once again the actions of some have created exclusion for others. Many believe that we are at an impasse, and the only way forward is a divergent path. How does God do a new thing? How do faithful believers respond to the move of the Spirit that pushes our previous understanding of Scripture, of God, of ourselves, and of who He is, and, and of who is in the circle? We have been here before. Just a quick look at the Acts of the Apostles reminds no. us of the tension of expanding the circle. No. Think of how G G Gamaliel opened the door, expanding the circle to include the apostles as he spoke to the council. If this under undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. But if, it is of, but if it is of God, you will not be able to stop it. Philip opened the door and expanded the circle to include the Samaritans and then the Ethiopian eunuch yep. who's... Nope. Whose sexuality was not a barrier to full connection in the church nope. as the Spirit led him to baptism. Ananias, led by the Spirit, opened the door to Saul, a known persecutor of people of the way. False equivalency. You have something on? Uh, Sorry, are you creating audio? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ananias, led by the Spirit, opened the door to Saul, a known persecutor persecutor of people of the way barnabas and paul opened the door to the gentiles as they sh shared how the spirit has moved in new ways all of these moves pushed against the norm of the day it pushed for understanding god and god's people in new ways no each holy no. spirit moment led to the expansion of the kingdom work of god some have said to me how can we change two thousand years of teaching on christian marriage the sunday after the election i attended north scottsdale umc and the reverend david wasson Reminded me of the story of Rahab. Rahab, a Gentile, saves the Jews, the Jewish spies Not equivalent. that were sent to Jericho by Joshua. They, in return, promised to save her and her entire family. After her rescue, Rahab and her family live in Israel according to the text. Not as lesbian. How can this be? How do they embrace the contradictions? The Bible for years has been clear. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 8, you must destroy them. Canaanites like Rahab. No intermarrying. But then the spirit moved. They took Rahab in. She married into the family. Marriage yeah. is redefined. No. Matthew includes this once outsider in Jesus' family. Matthew expanded the circle and included Rahab in the genealogy of Jesus. Our founder, John Wesley, broke with nearly 1,700 years of teaching on ordination when the official process of leadership of the church refused his request for the ordination of Methodist for America. And then he broke the covenant. Some said he was in open schism and yet, he followed the Spirit's lead as he ordained Whatcote, Vassie, and Coke, and yet stayed apart in the Anglican Church. How did the community of God live in the tension of how Scripture was understood and what became a normal practice of opening the door and drawing the circle wide? 
God seems to always draw the circle wide. Perhaps again we must catch up to what the Spirit is doing. I still believe our days ahead, I, I, our best days are ahead together. Grace and peace. Dwayne Anders, lead pastor of Cathedral of the Rockies, Boise First United Methodist Church. So, every, none of these people, none of them that they use for examples, were trying to hook up with the same sex. None of them. And none of them, from what I can tell, were continuing in sin. I was going, that was going to be my next comment. The whole point was every single example she gave, other than... He, Dwayne. He. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Every example that was given, except for the example of Gamaliel, uh, every one of those repented right. and turned towards God. Correct. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. And, that is- and what Gamaliel was actually speaking of, uh, the teaching of the apostles, that was, the, that was not the first time that somebody had actually taught that there was a Messiah on the planet. That that's not even even <clears throat> since Jesus left, there have been Jews that have followed different messiahs. Mm-hmm. So the teaching of a messiah was never anti-biblical. Right. So that that didn't go against the teaching of God. <laughs> She's going directly against the teaching of God, except or he he she whatever. No, th- this was written by right. uh, a guy, except for the verse you know Matthew seven. Jim knows this one. Excuse me. David knows this one really well because <laughs> he's got a shirt that I love. That's that's the camel shirt. Yeah, yeah, and it says uh, yeah, Matthew in a needle. Yeah, yeah, Matthew seven thirteen. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Uh, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. But when I hear stuff like this, I think I always go back to seven, Second Timothy four three. Always. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves yeah. teachers to suit their own passion. Absolutely. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things, this whole thing is about uh, iniquity, willfulness, yes. which is a sin of witchcraft. It is, it is the sin of, I'm going to have my way mm-hmm. regardless. And they're just trying to sprinkle some quote-unquote Christianity on it to try to sanctify it, but you can't. <clears throat> well, it's abusing, it, it's changing terms, but it's abusing the teaching of love and, and grace. Well, I would also say it it is distorting the picture of the marriage, um, of the union of man and wife. It's a picture of Christ in the church, and it is completely, it is a well, horrible... Yeah, with under this reading, this understand, this new understanding of the of the spirit, <laughs> the spirit's movement. Yeah, even her example of Rahab. Yeah, the intermingling was not to intermingle for the purposes of following another culture's God, mm-hmm. but Rahab turned, showed alliance to God, kept her allegiance to God, and joined herself to the nation of Israel at the time. It, I mean, it's it well, doesn't and, even and relate. Everybody and could still, have. Right. When they went into that when it, they went into Canaan, when they went into the promised land, every single one of them could have repented. The None con- of them yeah. would have been killed. The context there isn't a single contextual reference scripturally that shows <clears throat> that homosexuality is acceptable. Not a single one. Shh. Shh. I that's something I really Shh. don't I don't understand that. Shh. Stop it. Shh. Sorry. 
I'm gonna have to leave. Stop I'm it, have a, Jay. I'm gonna have a heart attack. I call you nine. do this every time. I have to call nine one one. Yes, I'm not gonna make it home tonight. You're not gonna get invited back. Yeah, no, my wife's not gonna let me back. I'm gonna come home all riled up. <laughs> You'll never believe what they talk about. Yeah, no. <clears throat> I don't get it. I really, it, it's so. To me, it absolutely defies logic how you can have a mainstream denomination that claims to follow the scripture, mm-hmm. but just ignores scripture. I don't. I don't under. I don't mm-hmm. under. It's so. I, I don't. I understand that there are differing theologies. I understand that you can take certain passages and interpret them differently and end up with a theology. I get that. But this is you have to absolutely ignore scripture. I don't get yep. it. Yep. I don't Yeah, it, it I, I makes it. It, it makes no logical sense how it can be. Because in order for them to get there, they have to change a sin from being a sin to not a sin. Right. And that's nowhere in the Bible. They're reading it differently. They're hoping they're reading into something that they that it love is love. No, love has nothing to do with it. I could love that lamp over there. And it works. Just I, fine. Love <laughs> I love lamp. I love lamp. That's from a movie. Is that from a movie? Yeah. Yes. Anchorman. I love lamp. Anchorman. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now we have to pay royalties. Well, but Frick. did you did you see um, distinguished scholars at Johns Hopkins University released uh, Johns Hopkins? Yes. Released a 143-page report that argues that there's not enough definitive scientific evidence available to suggest that gay, lesbian, and transgender individuals are born with a certain sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, In the first part, the report report argues that there is insufficient evidence to claim that heterosexual, homosexual, or bisexual attractions are an innate trait that people are born with. Innate trait. It goes into detail about past uh, epidemiological studies that have found a modest association between genetic fa- factors and sexual orientation and behaviors. However, the report states that such studies have not been able to provide significant evidence pointing to particular genes. Um, <clears throat> anyways, this it, it's a very comprehensive report. and um, Clearly doctored. <laughs> but I, I wonder, I wonder, um, in the Ten Commandments... Um, God says that he shows his love and, and, and mercy to a thousand generations of those who love him and follow him. Um, but he shows his anger to three or four generations of those who hate him and don't want to have anything to do with him. <clears throat> and I wonder, and we probably won't ever be able to, to discern this now, but I wonder if there is something genetically in our DNA that is affected by sin. Hmm. Because the way you think changes the physical structure of your brain. That if you change the way you think, your brain structure changes. So if that's the case, I'm wondering that even if they did find a genetic marker or whatever, if that is uh, one of those things that God has built into us, I wonder if you were to take the DNA of Adam and Eve and compare it now, I wonder how different it would be. Did you want to go find that in the lab? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I <clears throat> I have um I've been uh reading um and I read it periodically apologetics material and um different science it's and one thing that that um I wonder is is when we look at this universe are we assuming a bunch of stuff and the formulas might work but they're working because we make them work I'm wondering if life if the universe in general quantum physics and the rest of it is equivalent to taking a computer and dropping it in the middle ages with an instruction manual on how to what how to work with um with a power pack and the and people would start using it and they would formulate ideas on how this computer is working and how it's doing what it's doing but and they would break it open and maybe look at it but whatever answer they came up with would probably be very different than the reality of what was actually going on in the computer i wonder if that's the same way that's going on in the universe when we look at the universe because you you talk to different physicists and they'll say that in some ways the universe looks like a holographic um program that's going on and uh i wonder how much sin and some of these things is 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 going on or is that getting too weird i don't know that it's getting too weird it's uh boy that's a that's that's pretty heavy because um it's heavy man well i mean i know i know exactly what you're talking about when you know uh moses said that the to the third and fourth generation you know sons will pay grandsons um but it also says that the father will not die for the son's sin. Yeah, will not share in the sin. The son will not share in the. I think the the point is that the son always or child <clears throat> essentially. I know what you're talking about with DNA, but there's always the opportunity for the offspring to repent and not be held accountable for the previous. Oh generation sure, sin. absolutely. But so I would have you to do say, find though. I would have to say all of us are born with a predisposition. Absolutely. To sin. Absolutely, but what you do find is somebody who's an alcoholic, their child tends to have that same thing Generational going Generational sin, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering how much DNA opens up spiritual warfare. Nature, nurture? No, I think spiritual warfare definitely gets, yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. The Matrix is a system, Neil. <laughs> That system is our enemy. When you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Were you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? I was... Look again. Freeze it. So don't you think... Okay, so he's offered red pill, blue pill. Blue pill, you wake up, you forget this ever happened. Red pill, you wake up, 
and you see knowledge that you never saw before. Don't you think most of society wants to just take the blue pill? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I think in some ways we're doomed. It's all a ruse. It's in, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that the United Methodist denomination, it's United Methodist, yeah, mm-hmm. United Methodist denomination, I think they are more, uh, maybe, mm, I don't want to say crazy, but crazy <laughs> is a good word. Uh, no, that's not what I mean. Uh, it's more, they are one <laughs> denomination, but not the first denomination to go down the road of um, making some pretty radical changes mm-hmm. to scripture. Right. You know, I mean, uh, I know that there are some people that are, are very great Christians that are Catholic, but look at the Catholic religion as a whole, where scripturally, I mean, at what point were we told we're supposed to pray to statues of Mary? Right. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure we're told not to. And go through the uh, the the leadership, go through the bishops to reach God. Corporate salvation. But and yeah, I mean... Uh, it, we don't have the understanding to read the scripture. But that's because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but that that's become kind of accepted at this point. But that was pretty radical when it was created, and you know. But it was incremental. It wasn't like all of a sudden somebody stood up and goes, "Yeah, yeah, I got this idea. Yeah, that's the ticket. I got this great idea. Yeah." <laughs> you know, it's just kind of incremental, kind of. So, kind of, kind of, kind of. Well. <laughs> I mean, you know, incremental to the point that Constantine made it, you know, a political religion and mandatory. Yeah. Bishop Karen Olivetto felt called to ministry in the UMC <coughs> when she was 11. But for years, she refused to allow her name to be cast for the role of bishop because she, quote, didn't want to harm the church. Oh, then something changed, huh? That's because Olivetto, the senior pastor of Glide Memorial Church in where? California. San Francisco is a lesbian. And the second largest Protestant denomination in the U.S. bans the ordination of self-avowed practicing homosexuals. Clearly. Can you imagine would they allow bishops to be like drug users or drunks? Or um, swingers? Polygamists? Polygamists. Polygamists. How how can they now not stop? How can they stop anything else? I, I had this conversation years ago when uh, one of our local Lutheran churches had a big split mm-hmm. because of a vote. And the, mm-hmm. the vote was, yes, we're going to go with the American Lutheran, uh, no, what are they? ELCA. ELCA, which uh, evan- whatever they are. Evangelical, Evangelical Lutheran, Lutheran Church of America. Lunatics Church of America. Yeah. And then the other one, <coughs> not the Missouri Senate, but it's, it's another sect. Anyway. And one of the ladies who was vacillating a little bit on what to do um, had a son that kind of struggled a little bit that way, and mm-hmm. had with she, homosexuality. I, I think so. And she had a uh, nephew, perhaps that was openly gay, I guess. And <clears throat> her answer to me in the midst of all that vote, because you know my thing was, why do we encourage sin, the continuation of sin? Mm-hmm. 
her thing was, well, wouldn't it be great for these people that would be struggling with this to have someone in leadership who understands it? And I said, do you want a drug addict as a prester? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that struggle with drugs and have alcohol, have, have drug addiction. Or an open adulterer. Or a yeah. pedophile. Sure. Pedophile. Yeah. Pedophile. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, but there's the, no answer. The problem is, and I think I, I think that David's talked about this in the past, but the, the problem is people identify themselves as their sin when it comes to homosexuality. Correct. Correct. Versus if I were to walk around and I were to say, eh, I'm a porn addict. That's mm-hmm. just who I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know, yeah, and shunned. I just... You know, if I were to sit down on a plane and just open my tablet and just watch a, a mm-hmm. porn movie on the plane next to a kid, if I just said, well, you know, I'm, I'm a porn addict. Eh. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. That's not acceptable yet. No. I, I don't. I, well, not if, so... if you get a DUI, you can't just waltz into the court and say, you know what? I was born this way. And why are you discriminating against me? Because I was born this but way. But they've classified that as a disease now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So alcoholism is a disease. It it is a disease in one sense, but it's also but it's not an insurance. excusable disease. Oh, but I didn't intend to crash. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah. you know the the natural outworking if you're an alcoholic and you're an actively practicing alcoholic is and you drive is it's natural for you to drive drunk because that's yeah how that's it's who going. you are. So if somebody struggles with homosexuality, what is the natural outgrowth mm-hmm. of that if you it it is the act and right. and everything else one is criminalized one isn't I one rem- was at one time well, but yeah. now but now one is celebrated and like <clears throat> sacred right mm-hmm. that's what's happening to it i remember i, I was uh attending a, a church in uh, uh beaverton oregon and uh oh. tigered anyway uh uh, a fairly large church, and they had a, a guest speaker come in. And what I found fascinating is I had heard and read stories of people that um, that had that were homosexual and healed or um, delivered. Delivered. I, you know, I'd heard of that, never actually met anybody. What I really appreciate about this guest speaker is um, he didn't claim to be healed or delivered. He was married, mm-hmm. but what he said was. I used to give in to my homosexual homosexual tendencies in the same way a porn addict would give in to watching porn. Mm-hmm. And I just realized it was sinful thoughts. Mm-hmm. I still have those sinful thoughts, and I fight every day against them. My wife knows I do. She prays for me. It is a right. temptation in the same way that somebody that drinks, somebody that watches pornography, and he openly admitted the fact it's... It's sinful thoughts. Everybody struggles with some specific sinful thought yep. more mm-hmm. than another. Mm-hmm. For some, it's lust. For some, it's stealing. For some, it's drugs. For some, it's adultery. For some, it's homosexuality. <clears throat> and he just embraced it as such. Kudos. Yeah. I mean, it, there was no denying. It's just like, that's one of the things I struggle with. It's just, I struggle with it, and I work through it in the same way that sometimes I struggle with my anger, but this is just predominant, and for some reason, that's a weakness that I have, and I fight through it every day. But uh, I say it goes back to a willfulness. It is a lack of submission, and it is also a lack of understanding perspective in time and eternity and uh, what God wants from us. He, he, his highest priority for us is not to be happy. That it's never to be happy. I mean, he wants us to be happy if we can, 
but we find our happiness in the appropriate and a joy mm-hmm. and satisfaction in him mm-hmm. and our i mean we're all born as narcissists and hedonists and that's the way it is <laughs> i am not i wasn't not me i wasn't <laughs> right. everyone except this filthy liar here <laughs> um <laughs> so okay so interesting question with this so this is mainstream denomination at what point because we know that this has happened north of us that speaking against homosexuality mm-hmm. homosexuality has become hate speech mm-hmm. classified as hate speech so now pastors live in fear north of the border here right yeah, Canada. Canada, Canada. Yeah. yeah, Canada. <laughs> uh, so at what point? Yeah, Canada. So, uh, so what? Uh, bacon at, up there. How long? Sorry. How squirrel? How how long until uh, true believers start to get driven underground here? They're gonna have to. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting, reading through this, this was in July, I guess, that she got ordained. Um. You know, she kept it to herself because she was whatever. But that changed this May when the global denomination's quadrennial meeting voted to delay its planned discussion of its LGBT members' inclusion and instead opted to create a commission on the topic of sexuality that could lead to a special session. This has nothing to do with the Bible. This is all politics. But the reason why they didn't vote on it is because of uh, the Methodist church is booming in Africa, mm. and they, they did not support, and they would not support it because they're, many of them are first-generation or second-generation Christians who take the Bible seriously. <laughs> who actually read the Bible still? <laughs> so then Olivito said, which I'm going to read it like that now, um, something opened up in me after they decided not to decide. Something opened up in her. I realized that maybe who I am if I possess the gifts and graces for, for the epi, episcopacy, what? Maybe who I am could be a gift to the church at this moment. Um, I don't, I, again, I don't get it. I don't get it. But... <clears throat> Part part of this is, and we've talked about this again too. This is the at time. a certain point in time, it became reasonable, or uh, there was no expectation that you wouldn't do something for couples that live together. Twenty, thirty, right. four yeah, years yeah, ago. Would, yeah, if they were living together, they couldn't. Well, you and know, even the Catholic, don't do that. Even the Catholic yeah. Church is is still kind of kind of holds that view at least <clears throat> on paper. Yep. And so they're not married. They're clearly not married, and they're clearly fornicating. So could that and everybody look the other way? So if if there is no issue with that, and it was okay because they were in love, and it was equivalent to them being married, or blah blah blah. I, I mean. So we can criticize this particular decision mm-hmm. all day long. It's not going to change the decision. I want to know how how does the true believer start to prepare for this? Because there's going to be, we're going to end up in a moment 
I used to not believe it would be in my lifetime, but I think it's going to. We're going to end up in a moment where we can't openly worship and stick to Scripture. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to skip Scripture. So what's your question? <clears throat> the question is, how do we prepare? How do we, as true believers, because we're not going to be able to do it openly, I think, in my lifetime. Do All you? Right. The, the, uh, no. That question we will answer here on the David Allen Show very shortly. Tease. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. On Facebook at the David Allen Show. And I'd send you to Instagram, but you'll find nothing. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. David's going to break out an interpretive dance. The David Allen Show. Thanks for sticking with us with this crazy uh, uh, ma- makeup, not makeup show. It's just we had a week off. No big deal. Uh, we are so blessed again <laughs> to have in studio with us Jay, our special guest, who brings quite the uh, quite the perspective. Unfortunately, is similar to ours. 
So it's appropriate. It's a good exp- <laughs> perspective. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a correct so, one. The question you had before the break. I have to, b- before you go down no, that go road, mm-hmm. it's it's funny because I met your wife recently yeah. the first time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we had known each other for more than 45 seconds. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, you're one of them. <laughs> Is that what she said? Yeah. 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 I, I made some comment and she just stopped what she was doing and she turned and looked oh. at me and she said, you're, you're one of them. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. So how do we she prepare? She can sense? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> she can sense or can sense? She, she senses. Can sense. Can sense. Yeah. Can sense. Sense. It, uh, women can. They can. They, yep. Yep. EQ. So called? yeah, my yeah. Que- so hey. my my question though is yeah. <laughs> how, how do we? How, I, it's it's almost a rhetorical question, but it, I think True, it's it more. Is. We have to prepare. How, yeah, how right, and do how do we? we do it? But I think it has to be intentional. It has to be conscious. I mean, here here's one thing. I think that it absolutely has to be intentional. Right now, uh, there's a maybe a Cat One hurricane that's going to hit Florida. Shh, doesn't matter. It's fine. But if Cat you, one is nothing. We get those all the time. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but <clears throat> you, you're going to have people in Florida who have been very successful. Maybe they've moved down there five years ago, and there hasn't been a hurricane since uh, in the last five years, and they've been very good at imagining they'll never get hit. And Because it already happened? Yeah, because it happened some other time. Or I'll cross my fingers and hold my breath. Or, oh, it'll never happen. And you're not it, talking about the weirdo storm chasers that intentionally drive into it. Uh, no, no. Um, I, <laughs> Would that be someone at the table? No, no, no. No, oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but <clears throat> when Andrew hit, three years later, uh, Hurricane Andrew hit. Is that 98? Something like that. Yeah. Like three years later, only 10% of the people actually prepared for another hurricane because there's this sense that you don't want to think about it. You mm-hmm. don't want uh, to do anything about it. But you tell me, if there's a hurricane coming, which one is going to be able to adapt better? Those that have thought about what they're going to do, those that have prepared their hearts and their minds for a hurricane and actually have done something versus those who put their fingers in the ear and... um and hopes that it goes away. That's I mean, like, I heard rhetorical question, obviously. Yeah. Riddle, <clears throat> five frogs sitting on a log, four decide to jump off. How many jumped? Um, I don't know. All of them? Five frogs <laughs> sitting on a log, four decided they wanted to jump. How many jumped? None of them. None of them. Deciding, yeah, deciding to and actually do it. That's like I want to prepare. I'm going to prepare. I need to go to church now. I need to start reading my. I mean, it doesn't mean you're actually going to do it. And it's this, and it's the same thing. Even preparing for eternity. So many people go, I'll do that when I get older. Mm -hmm. Well, why would you even think that when you get older you'd even want to? Yeah. I mean, but uh, to your point there, I mean, I think probably the first part is to think about it and prepare your hearts for it. You know, this article uh, fits nicely into this. We talk about how we prepare Brian Fisher. Many Christians believe that the highest calling God has placed on us is to be nice. (laughs) These Christians are wrong. God has not called us to be nice. Rather, he has called us to be good. Here's the difference. Nice people never confront evil. Good people do. Nice people are weak. Good people are strong. Jesus wasn't nice. 
He was kind, he was compassionate, he was caring, but he was unbending and unflinching when it came to standing for the truth, and it cost him his life. Joe Sweeney, in a column posted on Christianity Today, Christian, Christian Today says this, Somewhere along the way, Christianity has got itself entangled with a soapy, soft, non-offensive concept, niceness. We are nice to everyone we meet in the hope that our niceness will get them to church where more nice people will be there to welcome them. Now, don't misunderstand me. This is not a call to be rude or offensive or obnoxious or unkind. <coughs> Jesus himself said persecution only carries a reward when people, quote, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. In other words, it doesn't count if it's true. But let's not forget the way in which the author and perfecter of our faith died. Nice people don't get crucified. Nice people buckle. Nice people give way. Nice people always accommodate. Nice people never offend. Nice people allow themselves to get pushed around and taken advantage of and treated like saps. As Mrs. As Miss Sweeney points out, niceness is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. Paul wasn't nice to the politicians in Philippi, but he was un when he was unjustly arrested and imprisoned. His rights as a Roman citizen had been grossly violated, and when the city leaders realized what they had done, they were in a full-fledged panic. They pleaded with Paul to leave quietly and not make a fuss. A nice person would have said, no problem, fellas. You made an honest mistake. Could have happened to anyone. We'll leave without a peep. Paul didn't say that. He insisted for the sake of the work and the people he was leaving behind that city officials make their apology public and personally accompany his team to the outskirts of town. He had absolutely no hesitation in pressing his legal rights as a Roman citizen and insisting they be respected. It goes on, but I think that is interesting. Niceness masquerades as love, but it is exposed as a fraud if it conceals the truth in the process. Here is how St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross put it. Do not accept anything as the truth if it lacks love, and do not accept anything as love which lacks truth. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Say I don't, that, say I it don't. again. Say that again. Do not accept anything as truth if it lacks love, and do not accept anything as love which lacks truth. Which is this whole homosexual thing. That's exactly thing. what yeah. it is, right. It's cowardice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's that, uh, the quote, uh, all it takes for the forces of evil to rule the world is for enough good men to do <laughs> to nothing. To do nothing. Yeah. 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 You know, okay. Nice people don't change history. Good people do. What, uh, tweet for you. I think one of the things I used to think, I don't anymore, but I used to think that in order to stand up, in order to stand up for what you believed, you had to be, uh, you had to have a rebellious spirit. You had to have that uh, that ability to, or the desire to stand up against authority, mm -hmm. to to fight back. Why do we have to fight back? Yeah, well, I mean, why? Why? I mean, why do we have to fight back? Why can't we just stand for what we believe? And if that means, I mean, none of the apostles stood up and created war. Mm -hmm. They stood for what they believed. It meant persecution and right. ultimately death. Right. But does that mean... They just didn't give ground, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about that a little bit. I don't remember how you phrased it differently, but... Wave the white flag. Didn't you say something like that? I don't know. Probably. We're going to play that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Billy, don't be a hero. 
No, no, sorry. <laughs> okay, that's a reference for most of you went over your head. <clears throat> Well, if it's true that this would happen before even time began, then I guess I'll just surrender, cause I'm doing all I can. Yes, in vain I've risen early. Just to stumble home too late Ignoring all the factors That determine my fate And I'm gonna raise uh, the white flag I'm gonna raise the black flag too I'm gonna raise uh, the white song for you You see these words they are not weapons but these streets brew honesty We're all soldiers on a journey We're all pilgrims you and me and I'm gonna raise uh, the white flag. I'm gonna raise the black flag too. Well, I'm gonna raise Sorry, uh, the you. white flag. I was trying to figure out where this is going. I'm like, I am so zoned out of whatever that was. I uh, see. I had heard the song before, so I knew where it was going. <clears throat> That's a good friend of mine, Nate Allen. So may all. Well, now uh, <clears throat> I was talking to Jay and it reminded me about what it was. Um, While well, we weren't the paying attention to the song. <laughs> um, in Jeremiah, um, God, God told Israel, don't go to Egypt. Don't, don't align yourself. <laughs> That's what happens. I can't talk. Like if I sit on my hands... I can't talk. <laughs> Is that all it takes? Yeah, that's all it takes. Huh. Now, <clears throat> no, uh, but um, he said, don't align yourself with Egypt. When, <laughs> um, basically, surrender to the Babylonians, and it'll go well with you. But if you don't, they will destroy you. So he was commanding them to give up. He was commanding them to to give up. They'll stay in the land. God will prosper them. Um, and then they did what, again, God told them not to do. So one question I've, I've been having or thinking about is, is that, is that something that we're supposed to do? Well, at what point did Christ stand up against political leaders? Yeah. And, and like, politically fight. Yeah. No, I mean, that's rhetorical. That's the next mission. Yeah. But the mission he was on, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's in order f- to change this around, it's going to have to be. I mean, we are called to be salt and light in the world, obviously. So y- you can't surrender in the sense of surrendering, but y- kosher salt. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, and not a pillar. <laughs> but is it we're not supposed to to uh to lift up arms. Now, if if I was a Christian in Syria right now and ISIS was coming, I would absolutely fight against them because then it's self defense. I'm sorry, you mean ISIL? I'm sorry, ISIL. Uh Daesh. Right. Uh <laughs> Uh, ISIL-ish, yeah. covert CIA operation. Yeah, you're talking about? there you go. There you go. <clears throat> Here's one. Here's one. What? Oh, uh, never mind. Keep going. Keep going. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. This is like, whew. I took an off-ramp, and I've been traveling off the road in my mind, <laughs> so I'm not even, yeah. Keep going. So, squirrel. Yeah. No, I don't. But I guess that's, that's my, I've already decided that, you know, worst case, Worst case scenario happens in the U.S. I'm I'm not going to fight against the government. The only way that I would fight against the government if they're coming in and raping and pillaging, and I would fight against them to keep them from, you know. Are you saying you're a rule follower? What's that? Are you saying you're a rule follower? Um, I'm going to render under Caesar. What is Caesar? So your the... body is that Caesar's? <clears throat> you're going to render that. You're going to render um, your goods and services? Sometimes I might. Really? Because um, what did what did, uh, what did John the Baptist say? The centurion told you to, uh, to take his cloak one mile, take it two. He didn't say don't, don't do anything with them. Somebody slaps you on one side, what are you supposed to do? Off from the other. Now that's not to, I mean, of course that's all context and, Somebody's breaking into your house. What they didn't say is the other side of your face has razor blades on it. <laughs> yes. But I think what it is, it's an attitude of perspective mm-hmm. about eternity and what is the best the best thing. Now, the best economic situation for us is not necessarily the best thing in, the, in, in light of eternity, in my opinion. What do you guys say? I disagree. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew it. Uh, Stockpile ammunition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> MRE. Yeah. Toilet paper. I, I don't, I, I think that your question, Alan, it doesn't, it's not, the items are mutually exclusive. To to stand for what we believe as Christians and as believers does not mean that we have to succumb to the rules of the government if those rules of the government mm-hmm. break what we believe. And that's what right. standing is. There's a difference between I okay, here's an example is this. As of right now, homosexual marriage is legal in the United States. That doesn't mean I have to get one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I have to marry a guy. But the moment that the Here's government says you have to Right. Now right. the rule True. Right? Okay. But does that then fall in, I mean, is that the same thing with uh, pharmacists now are being denied the right to not prescribe certain abortion medication because it goes against their conscience? They're being told they don't have that right to choose. See, I think that's different because Is it the same thing? uh, I don't think that um, we take over the government to throw people out. But I I think it's something like that. You you do everything to... in your power to try to change that up to 
imprisonment or but, losing but, your job. But by that rule that's come down, doesn't that take away my right and my belief as a pharmacist? Sure, sure it does. Sure it does. And maybe if, if that's... And you might lose your job because you refuse to do it. And so then you're standing. Okay. Agreed. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I mean it's... There are... Uh, there's going to be times that we have to stand for what we believe in the face of persecution. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think we live in a culture or in a society that persecution is somebody unfriending us on Facebook. <laughs> persecution. I mean, really? What's our persecution yeah. in the United States at this point? Yeah. I hate you. I don't like mm-hmm. you. I'm going to make fun of you on Facebook. Yeah. I'm going to, I mean, we don't have, we have no concept of persecution. We don't have that. I think going back to my question, how do we prepare? I think one of the first things believers need to start doing is stop blindly following the leadership in whatever church you are in. Pick up your Bible and read it yourself. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean don't follow them, but it means you you should not blindly follow them. So be a Berean. A Berean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What is that? An elephant. <laughs> is there an elephant? Was that was I speaking of the elephant in the room? <laughs> uh you know, uh, but we talked I said this during a uh, during our our break a few minutes ago. I had recent I in the last few months I've been to a couple of church services, same church, where the subject matter was topical and scriptures were referenced but not read. And why does that bug you? Because how do I, I mean, unless I open it, unless unless I read it, unless I know what the context Mm -hmm. is, unless Mm -hmm. I understand, I mean, he could have said anything. He He could have said anything or he could have picked out two or three lines. I mean, I've, 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 gone up and talked to a pastor before because they pull out two or three pieces of a verse versus versus instead of the <laughs> whole thing and it changes the meaning so i i think i don't i think we're uh I, I i went to a and you guys were both there but i went to a, a service that i i don't attend regularly or haven't been attending regularly but what i found great is the pastor consciously at this particular sermon did not put the scripture on the screen and asked people to open their Bible to find it themselves. That's what we have to do. Interesting. Yeah, because that that was a very deliberate decision on his part. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Because how many people go to church today, they don't even have to bring a Bible. Mm -hmm. You don't have to own a Bible. Mm Mm-hmm. So you don't have to look at it yourself. You just take what the pastor says blindly. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think any Bible believing pastor would not agree with that. Okay. Since this isn't called the J Show, I think I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I agree. I think um, I read an an interesting article. It's. It's called uh, What a New Book Showed Me About uh, the Charismatic Movement. And the book he's talking about is the book uh, The Fractured Republic Renewing America's Social 
contract in the age of individualism. And what what was the title of that? The Fractured Republic Renewing America's Social Contract in the Age of Individualism. <clears throat> and um, I haven't read the book, but I think I'm going to. Anyways, the guy said that in in this book, he said that, um, well, now so many conservative people look back into the 50s and 60s and think that that is, they have nostalgia for that time period and think that was the good old years. Um, and anyways, uh, they said that something happened at that time that's never happened before and will probably never happen again. And he said what had happened is that two things hit at the same time. You had this incredible cultural or social cohesion and solidarity in the country and this this added attitude of... Um, um, just being very homogenous and 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 conforming, and when you have that, when 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 people think the same way, you can move forward. The sixties? Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. <clears throat> this came out of World War Two, and what had happened is that you had this cohesion that was moving forward, but in the fifties and sixties what had happened is that this individualism came in so that the individualism opened up economic opportunities and yet there was a foundation of a cultural cohesion. And what we don't realize is that those are two different things going on at the same time and that it, it leads to a fracturing and in individualism. And now what we have in churches is we have when you go to a church, you have this body of believers and they're all little independent islands and each person gets to decide what they think at all times about everything. Truth is perspective. Truth is relative. Well, um, <clears throat> there's no, there's less um, uh, conformity. There's less submission to other people. Um, why is it membership is something that's just um, something that people don't do anymore because they look at it almost like it is a, a form of, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, is it a mind control is it a or burden something. burden on them? I, I don't know what it is. But people join gyms all the time. They Yeah, but then they can come and go however they please. But yeah, the but you, church, you the don't way. Pay. But you don't have to pay to be a member of a church, do you? But you should. Well, okay. And when you come to church, there I mean, should but be. But there's not like a, a bill that you, uh, okay, now you owe $575. N not in our church. No. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> should that start? <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, and I don't disagree with you, I th but I think one of the problems is at, at a, one point in time, there was this idea of potentially church discipline. That if you were living with your girlfriend, you would follow what the Bible out. had to say? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so when people came to the church, you were part of this greater body. Mm -hmm. And as a body, you were moving forward. You had a mission in the church. You conformed to the mission of the church. Now, you might not always totally agree with it. And 
Um, but there was this sense that I am going to I'm going to submit to one another as I submit to Christ. And a wonderful picture is the marriage relationship. <laughs> Did it again. The marriage relationship. Um, but we don't have that anymore. That's the breakdown of the family unit. But it's. I mean, we al- what everybody also, everybody what can also, do whatever they want. Well, what also started to happen in the seventies was you started to get dual income families. Mm. It went from that, and, the, and you the started dad to create the breadwinner. You know, what was it? The eighties was the was the birth of the latchkey kid, right? And now they have dinks. Uh, that was eighties, though, right? Well, it's, there's there's a lot of dinks now. Well, there are. But okay, for those of us that were really young in the 80s, you want to break that out? A double income, no kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, 80s term. Told you, 80s term. So I was really young. There's a, there, there's a book, and I have referenced the title of this book countless times, never read it, and I should. Huh. The book is called Secondhand Jesus, Trading Rumors of God for Firsthand Faith. And one of the points of the book, I've only read the synopsis, which is funny because that's <laughs> the point of the book. <laughs> How ironic. But what's interesting is this is the very topic that he speaks of is people only take what they learn about God from somebody else mm-hmm. and take that as their firsthand knowledge instead of actually seeking their own right. relationship. I think that's common. I mean that's just it totally is now. Calm. Oh, now it is absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> but I I would submit. I've heard that. I I've talked to I've talked to people that have gone to a Baptist church or a Pentecostal church that have done it that have been there for 50, 60 years, and ask them a biblical question other than about Noah or something like that. And it goes over their heads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most. I think that's probably common. Most people are not like what you were saying is being a Brian, because in order to be a Brian, and I think this comes back to the whole point about how do we prepare, is you you can't have somebody you can't rely on somebody else's faith. There's you somebody listening to this going, "What the heck is a Brian?" Oh. True. Oh, it was me. No. <laughs> um. Anyway, look it up. In, look it up. Anybody in, listening in Acts, that doesn't know what a Berean is, look in, it up. In the book of Acts, they said Bereans um, were people that when uh, that would hear what Paul would have to say, and then they would go home and they would check the Bible to see. They searched the scriptures <clears throat> daily. And um, but I think that's that's the point that oh, you're trying okay. to make. Let's sidetrack for a second. Sure. <clears throat> with that idea, how then? If the Catholic Church came out of the apostles, yeah. how then did they get to the point that they were the only ones that could understand it? Ooh, you want to know? You want to know what I've read? Did, yeah, I, I don't know if heard? this is factual, <laughs> but I've heard a theory on this. It actually comes out of rabbinical Judaism because rabbinical Judaism believes that you can't read the scriptures without a running commentary from one of the ancient sages. Mm. But that's not... Uh, if it you was look tra- at it was tradition. if you look at church church history, it was um, yeah. I don't 
I'm, was, I'm sure there. I'm sure there was. That was there traditional. Was some I don't know if that's exactly why, but that was tra- that was standard Jewish tradition even 1,800 years ago. Yeah, but um, but when when it comes to church history, you you didn't have that as much. So does that think. make this Berean idea? They were the the lunatics. Oh. Well, how dare I, they go out and search for themselves? Well, were they, they were outcasts. Th- they said they were more noble than the others. Hmm. So. I mean, according to Acts, it so was... I've got, I've got something controversial to... I want to take this rabbit trail before we run out of time. You ready okay. for this one? It's current event. Current event. Ding, uh, ding, ding. No, no, no. Yeah, it's current event, but I think it ties into this. Uh, don't you think that most... I shouldn't say most. Don't you think it's common today for United States Christians to show more allegiance to how to treat the flag yeah. oh. than they do their Bible. Mm. Current event would be Kaepernick. Mm. How many Christians are losing their mind mm. over the fact that he could he wouldn't stand, but do they take the same allegiance to their scripture? Oh. <laughs> Should I leave now? <laughs> I told you it was controversial. I I don't think it is. But and I like being controversial. I, I think that's interesting. But did he not stand for the flag? He his thing he didn't like the the anthem. He doesn't like the what the flag stands for. Uh, I think you're splitting hairs. I mean, Prop, I I quite get possibly, it. Yeah, I get it. But people are losing their mind because of his lack of patriotism. Patriotism. Okay. Well, then uh, uh, John C. Dvorak always on the No Agenda show always. Um, like questions why they even play the national anthem at sporting events. What is the point? Yeah, is it tradition. strictly what, tradition or is it training? It's Indoctrination. Indoc- yeah, is is it propag- propaganda? <laughs> sure. Okay, could be. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little controversial here because we're on this trail. <laughs> a six year old puts his hand on his heart and recites the Pledge of Allegiance. A six-year-old, a five-year-old. I mean, I remember learning that in mm-hmm. kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I know nothing. How would I know mm-hmm. on to pledge allegiance to a flag that I have? I know nothing about. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be patriotic. Don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of I'm kind of with in in the twenties in the twenties. You know what the the proper uh, stance what? to salute the American flag was? What? Oh, really? Look it no. up. Look it up. I'm looking. The Library of Congress. Look it up. Wow. And I, it, it was this. This was one of them. Palm up. It would be. And so then, So what Alan it, is doing Hitler is like the, like the Zig Heil yeah, yeah. salute. 1920s. But huh? How you salute. And then now it goes to the hand over your heart. Huh. That, that changed. Well, when Hitler kind of usurped the. Huh. The thing, the Nazis. And when Adolf was no longer <laughs> one of the... It wasn't cool. <laughs> the San Francisco... While you're looking up that, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the national anthem during his team's preseason game against the Green Bay Packers on Friday, citing the oppression of black people in America. A um, half-black, half-white guy raised by Making white $119 million parents. in under his current contract. contract. Not bad. Uh, but whatever. If he, only there was chances for black people to become president. He said in the Supreme Court. Yeah. 
Uh, he said, if they took football away, my endorsements from me, I know that I stood for what is right. Now, um, a Democrat that I am friends with fr posted this. Friday night in a league whose business is Americana, Colin Kaepernick stood, took a stand rarely seen in pro sports. It wasn't from his seat on the sideline where he paid no regard for the national anthem in its favorite game. It was after when Steve Wyke of the NFL Network asked why he sat while others stood. Kaepernick was strident, unflinching, and unapologetic. When reporters surrounded his locker Sunday for more, he gave it to them. The attention he's received was ineluctable, but he hadn't courted it. Okay. It was by a writer. <laughs> Had he done so, more than one reporter would have noticed that he stayed seated and asked him about it. Or asked after the previous game when, though he didn't play, he did the same thing. But he did not hide when confronted, as New England Patriot Tom Brady did while giving airtime to GOP presidential D Donald Trump. Whatever. There's an undeniable nobility in what, in what was an impactful display even if no one disagrees or even if one disagrees Kaepernick didn't do this in a crowd surrounded by thousands he sat alone wearing a red white and blue shield on his jersey the NFL takes many of its cues from the military only because they fund half the stinking NFL and has encouraged the idea that reverence for the military is a citizen's requirement not choice the draft is gone but we've all been conscripted as unquestioning devotees whose gratitude can be demanded by anyone at any time. Kaepernick wasn't addressing the military, but that was widely and predictably inferred. In spite of this, Kaepernick had the audacity to sit in opposition to what he felt he'd stood for too long. This wasn't... whatever. Kaepernick even went beyond the WNBA players who stood in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and asked their league to do the same. He made no plea to both sides, nor did he make a call for unity. He's not concerned with whether his team or his league has his back. When he could have smoothed over any pending reactions to his actions, he focused squarely on racism, the most consistent and overpowering impediment to black success in America. <laughs> And the thread that connects every era of its history. Which I think that's utter crap, that last piece. Because it's not. Poverty is. Yeah. 70% of black women give birth to children and they're not married. Mm -hmm. So he, Kaepernick... Yeah, sorry, 70% of children are born. They say Kaepernick is asking for justice, not peace. Yeah, I didn't necessarily mean to derail this to racism. That wasn't, I mean, I, what he stood for, whatever, I could care less. My my real point is I've just noticed in my own life I used to hold such high regard my patriotism, the American flag, mm -hmm. but didn't hold my Bible or my scripture referencing in the same regard. And it's a flip that I've consciously started to make. How can I pledge allegiance to my flag? And I'm not saying don't be patriotic. I'm not saying we don't live in a, in a great country. I'm just simply saying, should my allegiance not be to God first? Mm -hmm. And if it is, should that be more evident than my patriotism towards a flag? Mm -hmm. I, I'd Clearly, agree. Yeah. 
my problem with uh, what's his name, Kaepernick. Yeah, him. Uh, is that is disrespectful. Um, like for instance, if the president comes walking in into um, say you're an auditorium and he's coming to to speak, sitting down is showing disrespect towards mm-hmm. towards the position. Um, if if he was if he was in the Olympics and before the contest say the football was in the olympics and they're uh, playing the chinese when the chinese flag is being raised and the anthem is being played you stand up out of respect you don't have to agree with everything but it's just out of respect to me the issue is one of disrespect that's my personal issue. Yeah, but him. I think that's his point. His point is, since the country doesn't respect my race, I'm going to not respect in return. Okay, but and so I think people should rightly be outraged at at him for doing this. For because there is a way you you can disagree and still be respectful. Then be then be outraged at what he's standing for and make or not standing for. Um, be outraged at what he's sitting for. Be outraged at that. Make that the news article, not the fact that he was disrespectful to the national anthem. Anyway, that well, that wasn't yeah. even my point. No, my no, my you... my simple point was, and and it did this to, this derailed. But my real simple point, controversially, was more Christians are are angry at what he did because of the lack of patriotism. Yeah. But I'd they agree. don't stand for the same thing when it comes to disrespect of scripture or mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. or and, and, but, but I, I think ahead. that's right. That that is the that's the loud headline. That holy cow he didn't put his hand on his heart. He didn't stand up for that flag. Mm-hmm. My problem with him <clears throat> is he's citing falsehoods with his argument. Yeah, I agree. That there are black people yeah. being shot and murdered and gunned down by police. And all the things he cited have been proven, when yeah. you look at the facts, to not be the case. So my my thought then is he is coming at this, at least vocally, from falsehood, from, from d- dishonesty, from lies. Yeah. And so he has no business doing that. Like, I, I think he'd just sit down and shut up. But do you think he did Don't his own say, research? Oh, or clearly did he follow not. the media? Oh, sure. Right. So, I mean, it, it really makes me think this is fabricated. I mean, it's just, well, no, it really happened. No, no, I, 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 no, I mean, the outrage is true. Well, but and then, but now, though, uh, uh, police, uh, I don't know, some head guy of some police organization is now coming out even more against the 49ers um, because apparently during a either a practice, I think it was a practice, he wore socks with pigs on them with police uniforms. Huh. And that was his socks that he wore okay. out so, there. And so, so again, so again. But it, it's stupidity. It's ignorance, it, I think. Yes, absolutely it is. Absolutely. To me, it's it's being completely disrespectful across the board, and you're just doing things for shock value. Because there's no way, I mean... It, I'm thinking that what he's doing, he's realizing <laughs> his career is over and he's trying to do something to a, a, a uh, extend of, his career. A friend of mine's daughter now writes for a website called Hypeline. 
and she's a contributing uh, uh, writer. Carrie DeGraffin reads her name. Uh, she had a she wrote a little article, uh, a piece about this, and one paragraph says basically the point is yeah it was a disrespectful and idiotic thing to do, but ultimately it doesn't matter what an average player with a bad attitude thinks or does. How the media responds to the action is there what truly go. matters. There you go. So and is I think he, he on the end? Go. Is he at the end of his career? Uh, he, well, he's he's a crybaby. Okay. And she kind of lays out early on, you know, some things. He's an average player. Uh, he was hurt in November 15 and ending the season on the injured reserve list. Um, he refused to stand during the national anthem. Uh, she said it wasn't bad enough that he sat out during the national anthem due to false outrage. Neither the 49ers or the NFL came down on him. First, the San Francisco team released a statement saying the national anthem is always, uh, is and always will be a special part of the pregame ceremony, uh, whatever. Uh, she said this is not the first time that he has rocked the boat, though. Last season, he had a, quote, arm injury, just which just so happened to coincide with his trade request. And beyond his bad attitude as a player, he has liabilities, but has issues with his shoulder, hand, and knee. Hardly a player that five-time Super Bowl champions should be banking on. So she kind of you know, went into the, the, it's similar the player to that. piece that he's, he, it's almost like, hey, look at me. Who who was the the gay football player Sam something another? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of thing. Uh, a mediocre player. Mm -hmm. Well, he was worse, right. but yeah. And and there's talk yeah. now that they're gonna you know that they are planning on maybe cutting him anyway. Which okay, is this a, a, a ploy to get him back up? You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. oh, when, so when you have, are you thinking that he did this <laughs> in an attempt that? Now, if he gets right. cut, he can turn it into a well a union race card. He <laughs> race can turn card. it into a, a union well. grievance of some type. You're cutting me for, hmm. I don't know. So are are we? Uh, thought entered my mind. Are we, as believers, uh, of certain denominations, being indoctrinated to be loyal to the denomination regardless of truth in the same way that we as Americans are being indoctrinated to be loyal to our country regardless of our believing va values? Well, I no, think... But loyal to the country to what end is what I want to know. That, I well, mean, you know, loyal, loyal to, because I live here, loyal because I know if I'm out of the country, I can go to the embassy and I'm safe. If you were United Methodist 30 years ago... Mm -hmm. Do you stay a United Methodist today, even though the denomination no. has changed completely? I no. think you have to. If you're a Democrat 50 years ago, I think you have to make <laughs> that decision, too. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the editor, the now dead editor of the local newspaper was a staunch Democrat. But I talked to her before she passed away, and she was a Democrat of old, the old kind of Democrat. Mm -hmm. That was th Their platform was feeding the poor which is that's the church's job but that was their platform it wasn't abortion it wasn't mm -hmm. uh gay rights it was none of that it was about actually taking care of the the uh the lesser which heck everyone should be able to get behind that at some level just not from the government's position that's that's the point mm -hmm. But but my thought yeah. is how and then can you grow up and be you know an 89 year old person and be okay with the current state of that frog in boiling water. Yeah, m must is that be. it? It has you know, to you be gradual change over time. It has to be, but how can you not? But how can you not know? I mean, people get as they get older. If you don't have a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ in the church, I mean, you have your friends, 
you've gone here for however long. If church is just a club is, that you yeah. meet together on Sunday. Yeah. But that, right. I think that goes to my point, though, that if you are attending a church and following the leadership blindly without opening the Bible Absolutely. yourself, as the leadership changes and mm-hmm. as the direction of the church changes, you're never going to know if it's right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're yeah. going to just blindly follow the leadership yeah. because, mm-hmm. well, I trust the leadership. Well, if you're not reading it yourself, yeah. so preparation, how do we prepare? How do we prepare? We Open, open, open the scripture, read yeah. it yourself. And stop being nice. <laughs> and stop being nice. <laughs> so on to another note. We've uh, kind of exhausted that. I don't know if exhausted, but we've beat it to death. We beat, beat Mr. Ed to the death. <laughs> In the words of Democratic Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> you never let a serious crisis go to waste. True. In light of the recent Zika epidemic, Colorado Democrat Representative Diana DeJet really took those words to heart when she decided to use her platform as co-chairman of the House Pro-Choice Caucus to say, quote, Maybe the Zika epidemic and its implications for pregnant women will help us shine a light on the exactly tragic situation in which you have these abortions. Clearly, DeJet isn't alone either. Last week, we ran an art Hypeline ran an article on Planned Parenthood supporting the aborting of Zika-infected babies. They also went on the attack against Marco Rubio for having the gall to say even babies with Zika should have the right to life. Zika, which is a disease that is passed through the bite of mosquitoes as well as being sexually transmitted, causes fever-like symptoms to most people, but for pregnant women, the cost, she says, is much higher, but it may be much higher. Uh, Babies born with the virus often have severe birth defects. It's spread from South America. They say that they have. Brazil, Venezuela, and Virgin Islands, and now has moved into America. They do say that. The irony here is the same party Planned Parenthood backs, the same one that is affiliated with Diana DeJet, the Democratic Party itself, deliberately blocked Zika funding, which we've talked about that in previous shows, which would have given $1.1 billion to fund research. Now, that's funny because they blocked, they didn't block Zika funding. They blocked Ebola funding because Ebola was the big deal. That's what it was for. And now we got to get this back up. We're switching it to Zika because Ebola quit. It's not a problem anymore. It was too legit. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Sorry. No, it wasn't legit legit enough because it quit. Oh, oh, it's true. It's the white guy in the room. (laughs) (laughs) It was not too legit enough. Isn't it interesting, though, that Democrats and pro-choice activist groups are almost praising the disease for causing a condition that prevents a child from having a normal life because, quote, it's another reason women should have access to reproductive health care. Funny, I think I've heard another group that tried to murder children and adults that weren't up to par for the perfect human race. Wait, you mean (laughs) anti-reproductive health care? Not reproductive health care. Reproductive health care would assume... You want reproduction. Oh, great Shouldn't point. that be called anti reproductive health care? Oh, yeah, it should. Yeah. It should. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems that the left's hope is now that this horrible disease has entered the picture, maybe more women can get abortions, even if their babies don't have Zika. They see this as the perfect opportunity to end the stigma and open it up as a viable form of birth control for women who aren't ready to have babies yet. Oh, yeah. And then they can force you to pay for it. Another, another article by my friend's kid. Um, 
You should play that one. Uh, ah, clip. Mm-hmm. Yes, that shows the difference on things, how things yeah. have changed. This would have been nineteen in the forties. No, no, uh, no, no. Forty-five probably years. Late, late seven, late sixties, probably mid to late sixties. So, pro- say probably sixty-six. So, fifty years, probably. This is a dragnet. I sorry, it's gonna clip. take a minute because seventeen of us are on the web. <clears throat> this is the David Allen Show. <clears throat> you really have a low opinion of me, don't you? Does it matter? You don't think I'm worth much, do you? Isn't that your opinion? My opinion and 12 cents will buy you a cup of coffee. Tell me what you think. I don't think, lady. No, I want to know. What's your opinion? You probably think I should go to the gas chamber, don't you? The little brat is still alive and kicking. So what's the big crime? Come on. You're a big, strong policeman. You tell me. What's the crime? Let's you and me level with each other, lady. You want a soft answer to a hard question, now you fight that up with yourself. But I'll give you this much. You got yourself pregnant, strung along by the guy, and then he dropped you. Now, maybe you should have known better, but a lot of women older than you have wound up in the same bind. That's exactly right. It was all Tony's fault. Maybe, until four days ago. Then you became responsible for a human life. But you had a choice. That's more than your baby had. Nobody asked her who she wanted for parents. Now, maybe that boyfriend of yours is a two-timing punk, but that baby needed you far more than you needed him. And how did you answer her need? You used your choice. You took a human being, your own little girl, and you throw her out like a bag of garbage. What's going to happen to me? That's up to the court and your conscience. Or did you throw that away, too, while you were at it? Can you imagine <laughs> Law and Order a. episode them playing that? <laughs> That's funny. No. <laughs> I I saw that and I'm thinking what I mean if it was mid 60s which I'm sure it was mid to late 60s it was in color so Star Trek was in color in 66 I think that's when um scientists finally invented color um <clears throat> everything was black and white before that but scientists yeah scientists um yeah uh they got it from uh, the aliens at Roswell. Anyways, um, so 50 years. So six years after this, wasn't it? Or eight years. Was it uh, um, Roe versus Wade? Was that 72 or 74? Sure. 72, it, I think. 72. Was, yeah. So six years after this, everything switched, at least legally. And now look at it. Um, I mean, you had writers on a TV program write that. Mm-hmm. You had actors act that. Ma- and not nobody actors. Yeah. I mean, that was like a big deal show. Yeah, it was a huge show. I mean, to me, that's... When I saw that, I was just... I was... Uh, uh, how things have changed in 50 years. Mm-hmm. And now, nine months pregnant... Mm-hmm. They'll pull the baby out except for the head and sh- shove a scissors in the base oh, of its skull. Nine, but darn close. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we're talking, I wanted to know how many cases, U.S. Zika cases as of yesterday. 2,700. 2,686. But who's counting? Oh, they're counting. Yeah. CDC. So, this is according so. to the CDC. <laughs> is it confirmed? 
This is from con- mosquito this is con- bites. No, 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 no. Birth effect. These are people, just people with Zika. Uh, excuse people me. People who have Zika. Two thousand seven hundred and twenty-two known Zika cases in the U.S. Hmm. Thirty-five of them hmm. came, acquired it in the United States. Twenty six hundred of them acquired it overseas and came back with it and came back with it. So this is CDC as of yesterday. So, uh, yeah, August 31st, as of yesterday. So we're talking point zero one percent of the population (laughs) or less. (laughs) Or is it point zero one point zero zero? Uh, It would be like one percent because 10 percent would be twenty two hundred and seventy. So twenty five would be one percent, or no. twenty six would be one percent. You're off. <coughs> By a whole, there should be at least one more zero, I think. Well, ten per ten percent of twenty seven hundred is two hundred and seventy. So, and then take a zero away, you got twenty seven. So one and a half percent. So it would be point zero one five. How to cope with white fragility. What? The academic sells out her $60 workshops designed to improve Caucasians, quote, low emotional tolerance no, no, no. for okay. discussing racism. <laughs> we got to go back to the math. I, <laughs> I pulled the calculator out, and you're w- I was way off. You're even further way off. That's like b- this a thousandth is, of a percent? This is 0.001%. So it's one thousandth Because you take 2,700 and yeah. divide it by 320 million. <laughs> right. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying the number oh, the 35 of, of the, the 35 25. of the tw- of the oh, no, 2700. No, 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 no. no, 2700 cases. Oh. So we're talking nobody. Point zero zero this is apples zero. and and This uh, is this is Buicks. less <laughs> this is less than the transgender population, mm-hmm. but all of plant parent planned parenthood is going to fight for greater abortion rights because of the Point zero 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 one percent. Mm-hmm. There, well, Sounds the, good. It's, it's and, a marketing opportunity. And of those 2,700, those aren't all pregnant women. That's total cases U.S. Right, right. Well, but no one's really talking about that. There's a bunch of research that I've, I've been reading. Not, not, I haven't, didn't read the actual study, but I read some articles that link to studies that I'm sure we could go dig into. That microcephaly is the brain shrinking piece that they're blaming on Zika. Yeah. There's no evidence of that, that yeah. it comes from Zika. There's more evidence that it comes from pesticide and comes from other stuff that gets sprayed over crops that it comes from that than that it comes from Zika. Well, 624 cases of pregnant women testing positive for Zika in the U.S. 624. So we're talking like point zero 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 six hundred twenty four. Oh, yeah. Pregnant. Okay. Well, I get it. There's probably a lot more people, but if you're pregnant and you start showing up, you're going to go to the doctor, and then they're going to test you because they think it might cause microcephaly. Well, but you're saying so there will be a higher I'm percentage saying 20, of I'm saying twenty seven hundred right. total in the total. U.S. that known, they know known. of. Sure, known that yeah. they know of clearly because the vast majority of the cases are mild. So you might think. That I mean, you have the we also flu don't know that the aliens are here, but they're here clearly. Yes, yes. <laughs> but your point is, and my my point about covered by about hair. the uh, about the pregnant women is that 
these are people that are going to go in. Oh, I see your point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm saying that's that's probably an accurate number of all the all the uh, uh, pregnant women right there. But how ridiculous is it? I mean, the medical world is such a for-profit business. You yeah. Planned Parenthood, I hate to call it part of the medical world, but it is. Uh, have you guys noticed the huge influx, of, if you watch TV at all, of HPV vaccine commercials that Holy are Holy cow, oh, what? Oh, yeah. man. Are you kidding? They are pushing That's HPV. the vaccine that's trying to be pulled. Yeah, but what's the, Guardia, the actual, what's Guardia funny, there's a, there's a battle of media right now. There's all of these of money there. Nothing mainstream media is being talked about how HPV causes problems. Right. Nothing mainstream media. So all the commercials on mainstream are pushing HPV hard. But if you look at anything that's not mainstream media, there's tons of research to show yeah. how oh, what a horrible decision that is. Mm -hmm. To get the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the side effects. Yeah. This is the David Allen Show. It's September 1, 
This is the David Allen Show here September 1. It, I cannot believe that summer is pretty much done. I can't. Here oh, in this I'm so year. happy. I mean, <laughs> you say that as I'm sitting here sweating like a pig. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I. summer is my least favorite. Yeah, I, I prefer uh, the transition. Yes. Yeah. Like the, that between 50 and 65. Yeah. Maybe 40. I'm good with 40. Yeah. That temperature range I like is my fall. favorite love yeah. fall oh yeah because oh, yeah. it's dry that's true yeah. you still get Spring, warm it's you still get warm slushy. you still get warm days yep. but cool nights that you can sleep with the window open but it's dry it's not humid right and then christmas is coming up i love the fall <laughs> wow okay so let, let's uh quickly jump into the state department a little bit <laughs> we're ignoring that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to jump into the state department i do because it's fascinating to me. oh because they are just liars, outright liars. Matt Lee is genius. The question is, uh, are you now able to say whether or not the plane with the money landed before right. the so plane this is... with the prisoners took off from Tehran? Because as you may know, since the question was last asked on Thursday, uh, one of the former prisoners said that they had to wait for this other plane, mm. or at least an another plane to arrive. Are you able to shed any more light on that? No. So I'm not going to get into the TikTok of specifics, but claims the that TikTok? our freed Americans were not allowed to depart Iran blow until a plane full of cash landed anywhere are false. So the guy's a liar. The, the prisoner that apparently that spoke up was a liar. That was what, uh, what's her name? Um, I don't remember. She's one of the spokesholes. This is Kirby. Admiral, Rear Admiral Kermer. Oh yeah, he's a just a the slime. R- r- he is he's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Um get, getting away from the word leverage, which um in basic English you're saying that you wouldn't give them the four hundred million in cash until the prisoners were released, correct? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! But, okay, but walk it's away. Not a ransom. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with ransom. Uh, this is in regard to the Iranians, uh, Americans that were being held by Iran, released in January. Um, but and apparently back then they talked about the Iranians getting some money that they were owed, uh, but never really made it clear. And then now it comes out that it happened, um, the transfer happened together. And they say that, well, we had the opportunity to use that as leverage. It was totally separate transactions, but they happened to come together at the same time. And it was just so convenient that we could hold that money back until we got our guys. Mm. So convenient. Mm. And then, first of all, they said, no, it's not happening. And then they come back, sure, yeah, call it what you will. I don't care. Um, Then, recently, this was last week, I think, the State Department is claiming that Russia bombed a hospital and the civil infrastructure in Syria. They're claiming that. And this is uh, RT, uh, RT, Russia Today. Russia Today. Uh, They have some decent questioning and reporting. Anyway, uh, this is uh, a a Ruski reporter uh, asking Rear Admiral Kirby about it. Go ahead. Interviewed. Can I? Go ahead. Mayor, thank you. This morning, RD, RT uh, interviewed the director of operations at the International Committee of the Red Cross, Dominique Stillhart, and we asked him about allegations that Russia bombed hospitals in Syria. And he said that Red Cross personnel on the ground in Syria 
uh, have not reported any such incidents. Do you have any evidence that Russia bombed hospitals in Syria? We have seen yeah, that's a direct question, uh, right? Press reporting to pretty direct question. Do you have evidence? Let's hear it again. In Syria uh, have not reported any such incidents. Do you have any evidence that Russia bombed hospitals in Syria? We have seen uh, some press reporting to that end. We have seen um, some uh, Syrian civil society groups uh, say that. Um, and I would tell you that we have other operational information that lead us to believe that uh, <laughs> that Russian targeting has not only not been focused on ISIL, but has in fact caused collateral damage um, and some civilian casualties um, uh, to include some civil infrastructure. Um, and so, yes, we've seen some information that would lead us to believe that uh, Russia, Russian military aircraft did hit uh, a hospital. Can you share evidence of that? Those no, are very serious allegations. Reports uh, are not enough, are they? Uh, there's, can you offer I think uh, I a, just something did. more solid than reports? <laughs> I think I just did. I said we have, we have uh, operational reporting that would lead us to believe that that's the case. Um, Can you share that? No, I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to share intelligence and operational information no, here from this podium. No, take my word for you it. You asked me a very direct mm -hmm. question. I gave you a direct answer. I gave you a, a uh, direct answer. We, we have reason answer. to believe that, that that happened. Can you really offer no details on the hospital the U.S. accuses Russia of hitting? We're going to stand by Mr. Kirby's words. You're not even going to say where where it is that hospital that that you are saying Russia hit. What we're saying is that we have seen information that Russia is targeting civilian infrastructure. But um, he, and we would point spoke, you to the Syrian NGOs on the ground as this well lady as those horrible. reporting. She on is that. a jerk. He spoke about a specific hospital in Syria. Where exactly is it? What details can you offer about that hospital? Again, I'm not going to get into this sort of detail of operational assessment for this. Maybe you should speak to the Russians on their targeting. Well, is oh is the reporter that's asking the question Russian? Russian. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 She, so she just, she, she's basically calling them out, yeah. saying you're right. You're okay. You you say this happened. They say it didn't. Prove it. Can you show us proof that this happened? This sounds oddly familiar to wasn't there some kind of airplane flyby that oh, it was like yeah, uh the, is there any evidence well we right. read some reports <laughs> right. we saw some reporting wasn't that. it the same uh -huh. wasn't the same thing basically said at that point well, we, do, do you have evidence well we saw some reports this sort of detail of operational assessment for this maybe you should speak to the russians on their targeting well they actually they have uh, clearly, then either Lee, she or genius. her colleagues have spoken to the Russians about it, and they say that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay? Isn't it incumbent on you to come up with some, I mean, even a location? It doesn't seem like it would be that difficult or violate any kind of intelligence <laughs> uh, intelligence thing, to uh, intelligence uh, sources happened. and methods to say. What? This happened before, but it wasn't a hospital bombing. It was something else. With the oh, Russians. But, but Matt Lee is constantly poking at him because they just don't have any. Yeah. Um, Believe us because yeah. I said and Didn't so. you guys and, talk and about this on another episode a few months this, ago? About not a, this a, one. 
No, not this. Oh, we've been some- railing on them, yeah. Because <laughs> the State Department is a bunch of liars. Oh, yeah, the Kirby. Oh, my but goodness. But something specific about the Russians. This is deja vu, but I listened to you guys talk about this. Wasn't there a Russian flyby? Wasn't there a... What, was that when they were fl- like buzzing the ship? <clears throat> but there was no evidence given or something like that. What was... Wasn't... Th- it seems to me that this was... The ex- Are you from the future, Jay? Potentially. Where exactly it is that you're that you're talking about when you when you make the accusation? Um, that's the first thing, and then the second thing is you've just expanded it quite broadly to say not just hospitals. You said that the Russians are actually targeting civilian infrastructure. Russians, thank you, Matt. Actually, the Russians have hit. I'm, thank you for the. Are for they the target? You're, so you're, no, they've you, hit. And okay, I so. That. They're they not, not targeting, targeting civilian infrastructure? No, and thank okay. you for that. Uh, ma'am, uh, well, details are especially relevant. This morning, uh, the Russian Defense Ministry has released images and video of the hospital in Sarmin, mm-hmm. uh, which was allegedly hit by, by Russia. And the, these images, um, they, they show the building of the hospital, which doesn't look like it was recently bombed. I so do you hear the paper whoosh, yeah. whoosh in the background? You know what that is? What? That's that huge binder they sit with at the podium trying to find the talking points they're supposed to be reading oh. from. Get them out just in case you haven't seen them. I can I can show them. Can you see why it's <laughs> important the for the U.S. Alarm. to show its evidence of the alleged destruction of a hospital by Russia? How about this? I'll take your question. If there's information we can share, we'll get back to you. Okay. Basically, shut up. We're not going to talk yeah. about it. This is the State Department. This, Talk this, to the hand. This is the, the face ain't listening. This is the most open and accountable, transparent administration in history. Mm-hmm. History mm-hmm. ever, probably the most intelligent. And when they want, when they want to prove that they know something, oh, it's stuff we can't talk about here. Yeah, but we got it. <laughs> believe me, we got it. What a joke! Why does anyone believe anything? Anything they say. Yeah, we were. I think right. we were just we talking that about that earlier. Well, people can be. They must all be liberals. <laughs> <clears throat> well, there's uh, that whole normalcy but bias. But then you get. So we're just <clears throat> running through my notes here. Then you get Joy Reid from the CNN. No, sorry. My bad. MSNBC. Not much different. But, um, <laughs> she is a. She's got a show. She can't handle when people say stuff she doesn't agree with. You know. Yeah, well, he did All settle right. the case. Uh, Lee, do you think that Donald Trump, just as somebody that's got that history, the birtherism, the, the housing discrimination cases, is this somebody whose uh, message to ask... That you are, don't tell me that you agree with the birtherism, sir. I hope you're not going to say that. Mm. No, what I'm saying, well, no, what I'm about to say is the birther issue came out of Hillary Clinton's campaign no, no, in the 2008 no, no, elections. No, it didn't, Yes, sir. it did. No, no. Yes, it did. That's just actually it factually wrong. You camp. can't, you know what, yes, even a pastor it, it cannot just make things up on this show. Uh, Leah, uh, sir, sir, the birther sir, issue no, was no, 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 it was not. You know what, even a pastor cannot make things up This is part of the problem. This is part of the problem. You've taken us off track. I wish we had more time. No, it didn't. So uh, you know what? I, we're, we're out of time. Trump. Sir, I respect you as a pastor. You're not going to come on well, and just make things up. Well, Leah Wright, is- <laughs> You're not just going to come on and make things up. No. Yeah. Uh, when Hillary um, was trying to kick out Barack in 08, she totally, they played that around. Gold Bill Slick Willie was really pushing his blackness and is not quite correct. He maybe wasn't from here. It absolutely started with them. 
Now, <laughs> Trump made it mainstream because he pushed it really big. <laughs> but for her, to, that's factually not true. Well, actually, lady. Nanny, nanny, poo, poo, exactly. stick your head in doggy doo doo. Well, I think that's her uh, main argument. Kind of, yeah. You're yeah. not going to do it on my show. Not on my show. Oh, no, not on my show. You can't just make stuff up. We're not making stuff up. <laughs> that was funny. You, watch the new, you don't watch the news? <laughs> it's been a while. The, the thing that's, and, and that's funny that's a, about that to me is that she didn't, she didn't deal with this as an adult at no. all. It was like go back to third yeah. grade. Because mm-hmm. an adult would say, okay, we'll agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. I'll go and find the facts, and then I'll bring it back, and then conveniently yeah. not bring it up again. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. You're an idiot. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm not. So not, you guys know not, what harp not, is, not, right? Not, not. You know what harp is? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the inside of a piano. A U.S. developed weapon system that strikes the atmosphere with a focused electromagnetic beam may cause global warming, the government today said, and acknowledged that climate change is likely to reduce the yield of major crops like wheat and maize in India. Quote, the U.S. has developed a type of weapon called High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP. And who's saying this? What's this from? This is from uh, defensenews.com. India. This is from India. Oh, in, in India. 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 This India. Uh, Harp is an advanced model of a super powerful ionospheric heater, which may cause the globe to warm and have global warming effect. So if we can't prove it through science, <laughs> we're going to force it to happen. Exactly. We're just going to make it up. So I thought that was interesting. Harp, the storm creator. So and there, of course, then there's you go down that rabbit hole, and maybe that's why Haiti got hit <laughs> to enrich the uh. Clinton Foundation. Oh, by speaking of the Clinton Global Foundation initiative, I guess the FBI Director Comey uh, is a board member of a bank connected to the foundation. Uh, City HSBC. HSBC. Oh, HSBC. It seems that the FBI director is, or until very recently was, a director and board member of HSBC, which is tightly connected to the Clinton Foundation. It's also tightly connected to money laundering and drug money. Bilderbergers. Mr. Comey's appointment will be for an initial three-year term, which, subject to re-election by shareholders, will expire at the conclusion of the 2016 annual general meeting. It's from HSBC.com. Huh. So, uh, maybe there's a reason that she didn't get uh, indicted. He did not recommend. Well, there's that. And I'm he didn't sure. want to die. And, yeah, I th- I'm thinking that's priority number one. Mm-hmm. And I saw something on your spreadsheet. You have the Clinton Deadpool? Yeah. What's this? <laughs> I saw that, too. <laughs> I was waiting to see where that was going. Well, it, it Is lists. this the list? Yeah. yeah Holy cow, we're at 47. Let's see here. It's coincidental. Yeah. Qu- clearly. Coincidence. Um, mm-hmm. Coincidence. I know forty-seven people that have died. So uh, let's see. There's some. There's some good ones in here. Well, I, the Vince Foster one is the most uh, out front, right? Well, Ron most... Ron Brown was another one. Well, Vince Foster, former White House counselor and colleague of Clinton yeah. at Little Rock's Rose Law Firm, died of a. They say a gunshot wound. He actually died of two gunshot wounds to the head. Yeah. Ruled a suicide. That's interesting. Yeah, there was a now, lot is, of them. Is that how it works? Themselves. If you shoot yourself, it was a double barrel. <laughs> <laughs> it was a double shot. Yes, yeah. must have a scope on it. Yeah, um, 
is that the reflex of your hand to just squeeze it again in the same spot? I would say probably mm. not. Okay. Not with, pound, that's just not me. with pounds of pressure. He was about to testify against Hillary related to the record she refused to turn over to Congress. So that's interesting. You say Ron Brown, the Secretary of Commerce and former DNC chairman? Yeah. Oh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, look out. Um, Reported to have died by impact in a plane crash. How convenient. A pathologist close to the investigation reported that there was a hole in the top of Brown's skull resembling a gunshot wound. Yeah. Wow. And on this thing, it said, uh, here are the five people killed in the last six weeks. This oh, is so, sorry. Earlier. At the end of Ron Brown, a few days later, the rest of the people on the plane died. A few days later, the air traffic controller committed suicide. <laughs> wow. It's it's that's uh, not dirty or anything. how that happens. Yeah. You know, things happen in threes. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yep. Really? Yep. You know, Ron <laughs> Brown and other people. Um, <clears throat> John Ash in June 22nd, supposedly he died of this year of this year. He was the former president of the United Nations General Assembly. Yes, in 2013, right. 14. He died of traumatic asphyxia and suffered uh, laryngeal fractures yeah, while he, lifting. Wasn't he lifting weights and the, the bar crushed his neck? Yeah. Hmm. Who was his spotter? Um, Secret Service? Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Seth Rich, that's at... Uh, oh, the DC uh, guy? Yeah. Worked for the D- on voting issues, was shot and killed yep. in DC, and his murder remains a mystery. Police have found little information to explain his death. Perhaps the reason for the conspiracy theories has something to do with the fact that that Rich allegedly had access to the voter database and would have known about specific instances of voter fraud. They're not on this list. Down at the bottom. Here are the five people killed in the last six weeks. Oh, 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 I see. So, yeah, that was a big deal. And uh, I thought that said Joe Montana. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it. Interesting. (laughs) Ooh, now that's interesting. An aide to Tim Kaine. They're starting to kill his people now. Yeah. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Heart attack at age 47. And immediately after, after the WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks oh announcement man. was made. <clears throat> Victor Thorne. Oh, author that wrote about Clinton's sexual assaults. <laughs> and wrote about <laughs> the increasing trail of dead bodies. Ah! Oh, man. Maybe we shouldn't be looking at this website. <laughs> hey, this is like that, that movie where, you know, where the videotape, if you put it in, haven't, there's a horror movie. The Ring. Isn't that The Ring? Yeah, maybe that's The Ring. You know, you don't watch the videotape because everybody who watches it dies within, like, a week. Well. There are some similar stories like this about uh, naturopathic doctors dying mysteriously, all in big clumps. Many of them. Mm. Sean Lucas died August 2 of this year. Most famous for being the one to serve the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz with a nationwide class action lawsuit for defrauding Bernie Sanders and all of his voters. Oh, actually, which one of you did you send me the link? I think you did about the Fox News reporter that actually went door to door for absentee ballots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, did you see that? Did no. you see that? <laughs> oh. Interesting. David will have to send you that link. Yeah, so wow. So this was recent news 
So Fox News reporter. Uh, Is this Eric Sean? Uh, no. I, I can't remember what city he was in on this particular one. But anyway, he went, he uh, pulled up a bunch of absentee ballots and then literally went door to door and was asking them, is this your signature? No, that's not my Are signature. Are you kidding? No. And and they found enough evidence that in the uh, the first uh, Obama race, he actually did not have enough votes. In uh, Indiana. Enough, enough signature petition, uh, petition signatures. To be on the ballot? To be on the ballot. In Indiana, yeah. Because of fraudulent fraudulent yep. votes. But it wasn't and found until after the fact. The senator from Minnesota, the good senator from Minnesota, Al, Al Franken, Franken, he won by 200-some votes. No, I think it, 200, was 700 votes. slim bo- of a margin? Yeah, but there was like 700. They found like 700 felons that vote, voted that shouldn't oh. have voted. Um, there's no way he should have been Of course, in. all of them voted for the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. But yeah, this was, I mean, the guy went, I mean, it was just, it was fascinating to watch because it wasn't just speculation. It was door to door to absentee ballots and asking people, was this you? Was this you? And, and clear, clear evidence. No, And and they voted also? That was in this primary. He was, he was, he was. But, But did they actually cast a ballot? No. They said they did not cast a ballot in the primary. So it it was, and those all went for Hillary. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I think they did. I got a. Was that an email? It might have been an email. Let's see, David. Here I have it right here, Eric Sean. Yeah. Okay. Just do a Google Fox News voter fraud, Eric Sean. It was uh, like 10 days ago. So it's like an eight minute video, but it, it, the point is it's mm-hmm. just, it's interesting. I, I mean, okay. well, yeah, I beyond interesting, but yeah. August 21. Yeah, there you go. Huh. But we can't talk about this, can we? I mean, there's, there's no. It won't get picked up anymore. I'm surprised it's even there. Honestly, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Alex Jones has uh, he interviews uh, Dilbert. uh, Oh, Scott Adams. Yeah, he tells. I was going to say, how does he interview Dilbert? That's an interesting one. Well, I wasn't done speaking, but. and he said, I'm endorsing Hillary Clinton for my physical <laughs> right. safety. So I don't die, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. The flooding in Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana officials demand that self-reliant locals stop surviving the flood yeah. without permission. Oh, geez. I saw that. It's okay. insane. That's part of the 15 seconds of news that I read over the last month. I did see that. They want, uh, I don't know. You have to be licensed and approved to get past, to help, to save people. Are you kidding? At what point do they just say, yes, do it? They don't. They don't. Well, they would rather people die. This is the other thing that, that they've, and it's not just them, um, like public health. 
um, if there's a huge event and say uh, the ladies at the church want to bring a bunch of food mm-hmm. to feed they the can't. workers, they can't unless it was created in a uh, you know a certified kitchen commercial kitchen yeah. and you're going to need to be to have somebody who's licensed to be there in order to do all this sort of stuff rather than one of the Would old thank you like crazy pills. yeah <clears throat> and it's it's pure bureaucracy and it's it's because somebody might get sick well guess They're what gonna die <laughs> it's ridiculous but that's why um you know uh 98% of the uh, attorneys make the other 2% look bad. <coughs> so That's true. True enough. Yeah. Uh, insurances, uh, insurance companies are, should be uh, lumped in with that. Oh, yeah. There you go. Also. There you go. Although more so. The Milwaukee police chief, after the uh, riots they had, um, said that it's lunacy to have open carry in an urban environment. A month after Milwaukee erupted in flames and gunfire last weekend, the, pl- the city's chief of police, Ed Flynn, talked to the Marshall Project's Simone Wischelbaum about Wisconsin's permissive gun laws, which include the right to openly carry firearms. Flynn pointed out that Milwaukee police sees more guns per capita than any other major city, including Chicago, where gun violence has and gotten how many much of more them attention. are carried legally. Well, exactly. His dismay suddenly seems newsworthy. In the recent turmoil sparked by the police shooting of a fleeing suspect, guns were everywhere. Firefighters delayed approaching a burning gas station because of shots being fired, and one firefighter was shot while giving first aid. The interview has been the interview has been edited for length and clarity. Ed Flynn, well, let's see. The question, I was Googling and I saw that Wisconsin has an open carry law. Is that without a license? Ed Flynn, well, you don't need a license to carry a long gun and no permit is required to carry a firearm openly. So then they weren't breaking the law. For you, question, for you, what do you tell your officers? How do they approach folks if they see a gun? When you say folks, that means idiots. When they see a gun, Uh, answer. A, carefully, and B, the foolishness of the law is it removes the notion of what's reasonable suspicion to make an inquiry of someone engaged in a lawful act. Question, can you please explain that? For example, in Dallas, which also has open carry and where five police officers were recently gunned down while accompanying a protest march, I have no idea how many police officers were... how many police officers that assassin walked past with his assault rifle. But the fact that he walked past them did not give them, under Texas law, reasonable suspicion to make inquiries. Indeed, there were people in the march brandishing long rifles. Okay. Well, in in my opinion, when it comes to stuff like this, is going to be a little probably contrary to some. I think that... Um, if you're going to carry open like that, then you're ask not asking for it. I mean, it, it would be the same way as if if you're a pretty young lady and there's a huge party going on with all with with uh, a bunch of football teams there. That's that not you, the same. That you walk in with a uh, short short skirt. Now, 
should you be able to do that? Of course you should be able to without getting raped. But does that mean that it's smart to do that and then start drinking? No, it's not smart. That's stupid to do that. I think that in this type of climate, to walk around, um, unless it's a group demonstration kind of thing that you're trying to, to show, but like if you're going down to the bank and you're carrying on your hip, to me that's more foolish than, than anything. Um, Only because we have been conditioned. Exactly. That's yeah. That's exactly. Why. That's why. Yeah. That's. I'm not. I think that it would be great if everybody could, but at this point in our society, I think it's fool. I don't think it should be outlawed, but I think it's foolish to do it. And that conditioning started with Western old Western films, when the marshal yeah. would come in and take everyone's guns yeah. when they came to town, oh. because we got to keep people from killing each other. Yeah. So we're gonna take your guns. Yeah. And, you know, like if you take a concealed carry class, like you have to in Minnesota, they, um, even even for people that, that are really um, pro-Second Amendment, pro-NRA and everything else, they will tell you that if you're going to do it, especially in a state like Minnesota, don't open carry, don't let anybody know that you're carrying. Isn't that the point of concealed carry, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you get the egomaniac. And technically, yeah. technically, it's not a concealed carry permit. It's just a carry permit in Minnesota. So oh, you don't. You have to have a permit to to, to carry, carry. A weapon. Period. Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, the whole point of it is like on your person. Yeah. Um. But if you have the permit, and you don't have it on you, and they stop you, they can issue you a misdemeanor citation, and then when you go to court, if you show proof, then it goes away. So, but um. But anyways, uh, he speaks from experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, First hand knowledge. I th- I think that some people they they treat it like like I don't know they're going to be a superhero. They've seen the Punisher way too many times or something. You know the movie. Well, if <clears throat> yeah, if you're going to carry a gun, you better be prepared to use it. Yeah. Because if you. Ha- yeah. If you pull it out, you can't stop. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, have you ever seen the, the show, oh, was it Sons of Guns or something? It's a modification company. It's a, it's a stupid reality show about a family that owns a gun mod company with a mm. gun shop. Anyway, they make some interesting things, and it's it's a stupid reality show. Uh-huh. I don't think it's on anymore. But one of the pieces in one of the episodes was, a lady who had, I think, gotten robbed or something and then wanted to get somebody to buy a pistol and, you know, learn how to use it. And she'd never had it before, and so they were going to try to figure out how to, you know, go through all the stuff to get her what she needed and to show her what's out there and, you know, how to do it. And it was in, it was kind of cool because the, the main guy, the he's big guy, he, they're in the shooting range, and he said, you know, the target's here four or five feet away. He said, this is where it's going to all happen. You have to be prepared for this distance is when you're going to have to shoot. And you can't just shoot and stop. You have to keep going until that thing stops. Mm-hmm. And that was just too much for this lady for the show to handle. And so she ended up not buying a gun mm-hmm. because she realized that I don't have what it takes to actually do that thing. Mm-hmm. I took a class in Oregon years ago and the old sheriff that taught it, he said, just in verbiage, if you ever happen to, you know, self-defense shoot someone, 
you never ever say you shot them. You never say that you, you know, they were killed. You never say anything about the ammunition you used. Never. All you say is you had to stop the threat and you stopped the threat. Mm -hmm. Because in in a court of law, if you say that you shot them, oh, oh, who's that to kill them? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the defense attorney will just. Well, that, that's you know, that's the other or, thing. Or I guess the prosecuting attorney. Prosecuting yeah, attorney. there. But that's They'll the other thing. If, if you're going to carry, then that means that you have to realize that you have to use it. And if you use it, then you have to realize there's going to be a trial. Absolutely. Just assume it. Mm-hmm. And, when and you, you might lose. Yeah, exactly. But you don't. You do not talk to the police right. until you have counsel. You mm-hmm. never do that. <clears throat> yeah. I did that when I was teaching my wife to shoot. Talk to the police? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Invite them on over. No, no, no. The uh the con- I stick the target right, mm-hmm. I mean, right in front of her. And uh you know, cuz you you practice 20 feet away or whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember she was nervous and she'd, you know, shoot one and then slowly mm-hmm. take aim and shoot another one and and then I walked her, I don't know, we were probably 4 or 5 feet away. And I made her put the gun down. Yeah. And made her pick it up. You know. So I I screamed, you know, you know, gun. Mm -hmm. Made her pick it up and unload it. Just fast right into that target. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean it creates a a totally different anxiety. Right. And I said, You that's you have to prepare Mm -hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. You don't prepare for the fact that you're going to sneak around right. the corner of your house like one of the Charlie's Angels. You're, it is well, and you don't shoot if you're that far away. I mean, in that case, unless the, I, I don't know. I guess my thought, unless they are actively hurting someone and you know you can make that happen, you don't shoot at them from a distance. Are you uh, stupid? Yeah, no, I with would. with a pistol. I would if I if somebody was in my house and had a weapon pointed at me. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, like you that. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But generally, that's not. Odds are they're not going to be a good shot. Right. Generally, that's not what happens. No. Yeah, it's it's a, up close. One of the hardest things for people to get past is this sense of this can't be happening. Mm. And um, like we went to that event down in Sioux mm-hmm. Falls, and I was consciously doing that just because I'm weird. I was thinking if I hear a pop, pop, pop. What are you going to do? I'm I'm instantly going to start pushing people to the to the doors. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that instantly. And you have to be that way because what people will do is go, huh, well, that's, is that, is a movie going on? Is this a teep? Is is this something with the, you know what I mean? And um, so you, I mean, and that goes to like what you're saying with your wife. I mean, you have to, you can't, I can't believe somebody's in the house. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to just, of course, if it's like the mailman and, He's knocking to You're be put in your a, house. Then you know, <laughs> yeah. and well, that yeah, badly. <clears throat> Did you know that at least in well, in a lot of states, it used to be that a police officer could shoot you if you um, if you were committing a felony, even if you were running away. Oh, that was a like a uh, what's that? What's that called? Lethal force. Yeah, situation? Le- lethal force in a felony. Wow. So technically, if somebody. A felony, uh, say in Minnesota, might be um, stealing something worth more than a thousand dollars. So technically, if somebody's running out of Walmart with a big TV, you could shoot them. Except those only cost like one hundred and thirty-nine dollars now. Right? Okay. <laughs> but isn't that or a computer or something like that? 
Is there um, anything in Walmart that's over $1,000 now? Maybe if you steal one of the workers and sell them on the black market, you know, for their kidneys or something, like they do in China. <clears throat> but other than that, probably not. <laughs> um, so the Olympics just ended. What, a just week now? ago? A week oh. ago, I think. <laughs> to smashing, <laughs> smashing ratings. Really? I think, they, I think they were so low they smashed the floor. Oh, okay. I okay, think. that's what I thought. However, one of the new Olympic events, anchored by team captain <laughs> John Piper's incredible performance, which won near-perfect scores in exegesis, passion, warmth, and gesticulations, the 2016 United States Olympic preaching team rallied late in their Friday match against a talented squad of underground church preachers from China to claim victory and advance to the semifinals. We were sweating bullets, said Matt Chandler, when Matt Chandler stepped up to the pulpit, a stone-faced John MacArthur told reporters, as, the, as an assistant wiped the sweat from his brow and offered him a sip from a Gatorade bottle, which he declined. Our brothers from the East were much more conv convicting than we anticipated, but praise be to God, Matt gave a rousing expository message focused on the Great Commission. And then when he stuck his closing prayer, we knew the contest was ours. Early rounds of the preaching tournament saw the highly favored U.S. team breezing through some lopsided matchups while Alistair Begg briefly gave the team a run for their money, preaching for his native Scotland in the second round. The Scottish-American preacher was disqualified upon the discovery by, the, by an Olympic investigative committee that he has been faking his accent for the past 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> while, while the current schedule has the Americans facing off against an undefeated team of the Australian preachers this weekend, U.S. preacher David Platt is not worried. Sure, they have some awesome accents and they're a solid team, but let's see if they're still standing after I drop this Revelation 6 gospel bomb I've been working on. <laughs> that, that's great. The Olympics, everybody. In the words of Harry Shearer, it's a movement. <laughs> and we all need one. Every day. <laughs> that's bad. I'm sorry about that. A little no, light not. humor to wrap the show to this evening. You are not sorry. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. Mm. Um, we should be... Next week? Are we back here live next week? Well, I think I'll, so. Well, I'm hoping I'll be alive next week. Oh, no, I didn't say live. I said live. It's different. Okay. Oh, here live. Here. Here live. Yes. Here alive. Lord willing. <laughs> Look, was it the Lord willing and the creek don't rise? rise. Something. Uh, this this weekend, uh, Monday, Monday is the day we celebrate workers. We By celebrate not, working. not working, apparently. And everyone needs. Oh, I found. Sorry, I got to find this real quick. We uh, I saw this on the face bag. So a local candidate for office posted this. Find it here. It's an ad <clears throat> for the candidacy. She happens to be running on the Democratic side. 
The ad was, maybe, if I can find it. I saved it. Labor Day honors workers who make our country great. Nice uh, jack that from Trump. They deserve fair wages, access to health care, and an excellent education system. Indoctrination system? I think so, yeah. Why not a Mercedes, too? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, this is the David Allen Show. Happy Labor Day weekend. Go out there and work oh, yeah. hard or not. Oh, no, don't do that. Go and take money from your employer. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's good. Do your job and shut up, slave. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Until next week. I guess. <laughs> I guess. And don't forget, the, the NFL has begun. Which means... What? Peace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay, Peace. for coming. That's right. We do appreciate you coming in. Um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a nice treat. It was great having you here. I'll bring yeah. something controversial again next time. I like yeah. it. I like it, yeah. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can think of something. Because we'd never do that. No. So you, you, you can bring the controversy. Yeah. Excellent. This is the David Allen Show. Once again, davidallenshow.com. Uh, email us at davidallenshow at gmail.com if you're interested in sending us a message. Uh, soon we'll have a uh, donation link on the website at davidallenshow.com. Yes. So you can begin throwing cash, cash our yep. way. Mm -hmm. um, you can make it rain. I guess we're not going to do it. Bitcoin? No. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I don't want to take Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> Bitcoin. If you got a computer like that can it. mine it. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That's definitely, definitely, definitely Bitcoin. <laughs> Of course, I'm an excellent yes. driver. <laughs> well, all right. Um, have a fantastic uh, week. Great weekend, everybody. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't drink and drive because that's never True. a good idea. Unless it's water. That's okay. Um, <laughs> according to my children, don't text and drive. They're being indoctrinated at a young age. Wow. By I don't uh, know how. Public Because school. I don't have television. Oh, oh, yeah. So I'm intrigued. Unless it's YouTube. I don't know. Huh. So I, it, it's, it's, it's all over in. the interwebs. Maybe. It's kind of common sense, though. Different. Well, but, but maybe for one it of to be friends. so bold. Yeah, maybe. Oh, and some of these videos going around Facebook and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The face bags. Face bag, that's right. Face page. Face page. <laughs> face, face hey, page. everybody, it's, remember. It's, it's my book. My face. Remember, bring a Bible to church. Ooh. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Toodles. <laughs>